Blog Talk Radio. Hello, you're listening to the Clear Money Program's online radio show, and we'll be interviewing Chad Dentry, Executive Director of Community Credit Counseling today about bankruptcy. Community Credit Counseling is a local nonprofit helping families and individuals achieve economic stability and financial self-sufficiency. They specialize in the areas of credit counseling and providing bankruptcy counseling when necessary. I'm your host, Helen Gibson, Community Relations Coordinator at Denver Community Credit Union. Denver Community is a not-for-profit financial cooperative serving the people of the city and county of Denver. If you're interested in joining our cooperative or learning more about our Clear Money program, please visit our website, denvercommunity.coop. That's denvercommunity.coop. As mentioned, our expert today is Chad Gentry. Hi, Chad. Hi, Helen. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's a pleasure, just like it was for the first show on credit. Um, can you tell us again about Community Credit Counseling Services' experience and expertise when it comes to bankruptcy? Sure. Well, you know, Community Credit Counseling's focus in the community is really uh, promoting financial literacy. So, you know, that can include managing your debts, managing a budget, uh, working on your credit score, purchasing a home. But it also deals with the uh, the dark side or uh, the nature of bankruptcy. And a lot of families, obviously, when they get to that decision are, are really paralyzed in making any choices because it can be a very scary process around the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we did in 2005 when the bankruptcy laws changed, we applied to the federal trustee to become a provider in the state of Colorado to help families who go through the bankruptcy process understand the process, look at alternatives to bankruptcy, and during that law change in 2005, uh, there was a shift to have a class provided before the bankruptcy, which was mandatory, and then an additional class after the bankruptcy uh, to get the bankruptcy discharged. So we were approved to provide both those classes. Um, that seems uh, valuable. Um, do you find, well, we trialed this show, is bankruptcy for me? Question mark, exclamation point. Because I think a lot of people... Uh, struggle with that and I know that in my experience with doing financial coaching when they come to me it's definitely not something they're excited about doing but they're uh, at the end of the rope or at least they feel like they are. What are some indications that bankruptcy is the right choice? Well I think we want bankruptcy to be the last choice if possible Um, and the important part of that is looking at all your alternatives. A lot of families will say, well, my house is going through foreclosure. I naturally need to file a bankruptcy uh, to deal with everything, and that's just not true. Um, Some indicators that bankruptcy might be a viable option is uh, several consecutive months living outside of your budget, uh, missing or skipping house payments, and then obviously the the, the big ones are garnishments that end up in your paycheck, uh, which tends to mean there's been 12 to 24 months of neglect around paying some of those creditors. Okay, so, but one thing you said was that if you're in foreclosure, that doesn't necessarily mean bankruptcy's uh, a must-do. That's what you said, right? Right. There's there's several of options when your house is in trouble, from a short sale to a foreclosure. And if you go through a foreclosure process, there can be a deficiency balance due at the end of that process. Mm-hmm. And then that deficiency balance becomes an unsecured collectible debt, and then there are several ways to manage that debt without a bankruptcy. You can do payment plans, you can do settlements, and they're very slow moving, so it could take 12 to 24 months for that uh, obligation to actually come to the forefront. 
Okay, so foreclosure doesn't necessarily mean bankruptcy. There are ways around it. So if I had these indications and they were uh, living outside of my budget for multiple months and having a situation where maybe garnishments involved, do I just go ahead and get myself an attorney? Is that where I start? Or where do I look for help when I'm making this decision? I guess is a better way to ask the question. Sure. A lot of people um, come through foreclosure and housing counseling and housing authorities, the foreclosure hotline. Um, you know, by all means, I tell people to get educated. So a lot of attorneys, bankruptcy attorneys, will meet with you for free for the initial appointment. And there's lots of rules to learn about the bankruptcy process. Um, another natural place to go, because you're going to end up there eventually anyway, is through a local credit counseling organization. They need to be nonprofit and approved by the state. Uh, but through the credit counselor, you can get an unbiased opinion and look at all your alternatives to bankruptcy if they exist. Okay. And this is going a little bit off of what we had planned to talk about, but I, re- I remembered while we were talking here that a lot of people come to me and they get nervous about going to a credit counselor because they've heard bad things about debt consolidation. Can you talk about the difference between credit counseling and what we've heard all the news about as far as debt consolidation? Yeah, there are a lot of companies out in the industry, we we call it the debt settlement industry, who will tell you, stop paying your bills, we'll pay 50 cents on the dollar, don't worry about anything, and we'll get you out of debt. Um, So that's a very different animal than the credit counseling industry. Traditionally, the credit counseling industry has been nonprofit. Uh, you know, we're regulated by the state of Colorado. You always want to check that someone's with the Better Business Bureau. And a lot of the debt settlement companies will have several complaints with the Better Business Bureau. So you need to be very careful in distinguishing a, a healthy nonprofit financial education place to go or a for-profit debt settlement company where you're going to end up damaging your credit, potentially getting garnished, uh, and paying taxes on any money that you save over $600 in a settlement. So I want people to be very clear that when you're looking for assistance, nonprofit, local, approved by the state, clean, better business bureau, um, as a nonprofit, you're going to be in a safe place. Okay. So I've heard lots of things about bankruptcy, and we were just talking about how if you're going through foreclosure, bankruptcy is not a necessity at all. But I've also heard that if you decide to go through bankruptcy, maybe you're not behind on your house payments, you're not behind on your car payments, that you might lose those, that they will get taken away to pay off your debts. Is that accurate? Well, it's it's probably not accurate. There is what's called a homestead exemption. Uh, the state of Colorado actually protects your home to $60,000 equity. Uh, so you can have equity in your house and keep it throughout a bankruptcy. In that homestead exemption, if you're over the age of 60, 60 or older, the exemption is actually 90000 So uh, families are, the bankruptcy laws are set up to keep families in their houses and, and give them the ability to get back and forth to work. So the exemption for an a automobile, the standard exemption is $5,000, um, and they want people to be able to get back and forth to work if they have some equity in their car. Okay. So... You came on the show back in January. Um, It's our very first show, and it's been well listened to. And you talked about credit and its importance. A lot of people ask me when I'm doing credit classes out in the community, but if I go bankrupt, Helen, won't that destroy my credit forever? Uh, What's a good answer for that? Well, I think 
it doesn't destroy it forever. So we say, we tell clients that there is life after bankruptcy. <laughs> you know, sometimes mm-hmm. bankruptcy is a necessary tool. If you have a hundred thousand dollars in medical bills and you're making twenty five thousand dollars a year with a family of five, you're not going to pay those bills off over the long run. So bankruptcy is a is a legitimate tool to get a fresh start. Um, but I think the challenge is that you don't want to just run out and file bankruptcy at a whim because it does impact your credit dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a Chapter 7 bankruptcy where you would have all of your unsecured debt dissolved, that's going to stay on your credit for 10 years. And a Chapter 13 bankruptcy where you're going to have a repayment plan through the court is going to stay on your credit for seven years. Um, the reality is the true impact on your score is probably only three to four years after a bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And if you do the appropriate responsible things to work on your credit and your budget and your debt-to-income ratio after a bankruptcy, you can really recover from the bankruptcy process in the terms of your FICO credit score in about 24 to 36 months. Oh, two to three years. Yeah, and it, it's a much faster process than people might assume. I have that's a lot faster than I would assume. So you said a few different things, so I have different questions based on all of that. Uh, one, do you see a lot of people that use bankruptcy kind of as a revolving door where they get into debt and then they go do bankruptcy again and then they get into debt and they go do bankruptcy again? Do you ever see that? You know, we do, unfortunately. We've been doing it so long um, that we see a, a kind of repeat offender, so to speak. Um Bankruptcy laws prohibit you from filing, refiling a bankruptcy, even uh, Chapter 7 back-to-back anyway, within seven to eight years. So if you file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy and get that relief, you're not going to be able to file another Chapter 7 for seven to eight years. Different rules about converting from a 13 to a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. But in theory, it's a, it's a one-time get-out-of-jail-free card. It really needs to be used sparingly and understand that it's probably a seven- to ten-year period um, we would hope that people aren't refiling during that period. Okay, and you talked about um, Chapter 7 versus Chapter 13 bankruptcy. What are the basic differences between those, and which one's better? Sure. Uh, there are a lot of other bankruptcy styles out there for businesses and agriculture, but for the for the individual consumer, it's Chapter 7 and 13. Chapter 7, uh, in a nutshell, is the ability to uh, have your unsecured debts forgiven. Uh, it wipes out most unsecured debts with the exception of student loans and uh, some back taxes and things, whereas a Chapter 13 is really a repayment plan through the court where you're going to pay off some portion of your balance, mm-hmm. and the court's going to order the dollar amount you pay. So maybe instead of paying 1000 a month for three to five years, you pay $400 a month, and they restructure the debt, very similar to a Chapter 11 business bankruptcy. Okay, so it so you have that chapter seven, which is the unsecured debts, and that stays on your credit. Re, um, does it stay in your credit report for ten years, or does it stay in your credit score for ten years? Well, that's a, that's a great question. So, chapter seven bankruptcy stays as public record on your credit report for ten years. Um, the impact inside your score probably doesn't last that long. It's probably mm-hmm. more like a three- to four-year impact and maybe even shorter if you do the correct things to recover after the bankruptcy. Okay, so 10 years for the Chapter 7, and then the repayment plan, the Chapter 13, which is that restructured, it's on the report for seven years. And then you talked about uh, recovering, and you said something about doing responsible choices after bankruptcy. What are those responsible choices? 
Yeah, I think the goal of our second class around the bankruptcy laws that changed in 2005 is really talking to families about how do I avoid going here again? How do I structure my budget where I can operate on a cash basis and not use debt as a, as a crutch to make my bills every month? Um, so the first step is really learning to live inside your budget and living inside your means. Um, the second step of that is being conscious about how you use debt going forward and credit. Um, the unfortunate thing after a bankruptcy is you need to use credit again to rebuild your credit, mm-hmm. your FICO credit score. So I think one of the biggest challenges for most families is where they're gunshot, you know, they're shell-shocked from going through the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. The last thing they want to do is go think about using more credit. Um, and in reality, you need to have a couple of open accounts that you use for the next 6 to 12 months to really restart building the pattern of paying on time. Okay, so what, and I know this dips back into credit a little bit, but what do you think are good products for building credit? Should I go out there and get a credit card, auto loan, and, yeah, what's the best way of going about that? Well, the what they say, the rule of thumb is three to five open accounts with a variety of accounts open. So maybe you have one small credit card, you have uh, maybe your auto loan that you kept through the bankruptcy, and then maybe through your local credit union you can get a credit rebuilding type loan. Um, and that that creates a variety of types of credit, uh, mm-hmm. and having three of those open can really jumpstart your credit. A lot of times for people it's their student loans. Maybe they keep those through a bankruptcy and they're paying consistently. Or maybe they kept their house through a bankruptcy and they're paying consistently. But so big, some of those are built in already if you kept them. They are. I think the biggest hurdle is post-bankruptcy, nobody is policing those individual collection and creditor accounts, and they do not update your credit accurately. So the very first step after a bankruptcy, 60 days after a bankruptcy, order all three of your credit reports and make sure that the things are updated as included in the bankruptcy. People find out three to five years later that nothing was updated, and obviously the score keeps sputtering at that point. Okay, so... This is a good chance to go through the general process. Like, So I decided that I think that bankruptcy might be the right choice for me. The, what does that first month of that decision look like? You know, I think the very first step is to seek some outside counsel. Go to a local credit counseling agency, talk through the options, you know, include your spouse in those discussions and your family, Make sure that that's the right choice. You've exhausted all your alternatives. Um, and our job is to do exactly that, look at the alternatives to bankruptcy. Um, you know, months two and three become much more difficult because now you're making conscious decisions not to pay some of your creditors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be very difficult for a person who's been very upstanding and paid their whole life. Mm-hmm. So first you make sure it's the right choice, so that's what your first month is, looks like. And then you said you don't pay the creditors and those if you end up going that route those next few months? Yeah, I think that's where you need to be careful and some legal advice is, is usually okay. appropriate at that point. <laughs> talking to an attorney and, and they're going to tell you uh, if you're going to keep your house and car, keep the payments current. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to tell you if you're going to go through a bankruptcy and it's your final decision, you cannot discriminate between creditors and just pay Discover and not Sears. Okay. To do a blanket where you pay no one or you pay everyone. Uh, And, again, we're kind of getting to the legal advice there, so they want to be talking to the legal counsel for that. And definitely making the right choice. Uh, And it's fair to say that if they can stay current, they should stay current until they get that legal advice. 
Absolutely, because you never know what may happen. You may be disqualified from the Chapter 7 bankruptcy because you make too much money. You may Mm -hmm. be disqualified because you have too many assets. You may be disqualified because you filed recently in the past. So just because you decided to file bankruptcy doesn't mean the court's going to allow that next step. Okay, so then you work with the attorney. About how long after you make the decision does a bankruptcy usually actually happen? Yeah, that's a great question because the timeline changes. Um, the initial the initial discovery period with an attorney can take anywhere from three weeks to three months. Uh, there's a lot of documentation you need to provide about your creditors. You have to have your taxes filed. There's definitely some prep time. So I tell people, you know, plan on a one- to two-month period of getting information through to your attorney. They then petition the court for a filing, and you submit your certificate of counsel uh, from a credit counseling agency. That will actually open up a case with the court, figure another two or three weeks from there to get on the court's docket, uh, and then if it's a Chapter 7 and everything goes smoothly, an additional 60 days after the hearing, uh, the meeting of the creditors, after that hearing, an additional 60 days to get that Chapter 7 discharged, which would actually mean that you've completed the process. So discharge means you've completed the process. At that point, then that's where you go and take that final class, or do you do that right before it's discharged? Yeah, another great question. So you have 45 days by law once you have your meeting of the creditors uh, Mm -hmm. or your court hearing date to go take your second class and get that second certificate submitted to the court. If you miss that 45-day deadline, uh, there can be as much as a $300 fine just to reopen your case to submit one piece of paper. Oh, wow. So you want to be very clear that that second class is done. And if not, your bankruptcy ends up getting dismissed, which is the Mm -hmm. opposite of discharged, and means it's been thrown out and you get to start all over. Okay. That sounds painful. Uh, So considering the fact that you, if you go ahead and get through the process and it's discharged, it's at that point that you check 60 days later to make sure that everything that was supposed to be in the uh, bankruptcy was actually showing up on your credit report, correct? Right. I think you want to wait uh, to let the dust settle because mm-hmm. this uh, bankruptcy process takes time to make it through the system, through Discover or Sears, to the credit bureau. And we mm-hmm. tell people if your bankruptcy is discharged uh, July 1st, mm-hmm. you know, give it the month of July and August and September, pull your credit reports to take a look. And, again, that's the most critical step. Mm-hmm. I know nobody wants to do it, but you need to pull the credit 60 days out and really start to work towards uh, improving your situation because the first time you go out to borrow money again, you're going to get a, a very high interest rate. Mm-hmm. Now, do you ever have it – so let's say that something doesn't get included in the bankruptcy. At that point, are you making lots of phone calls, or what are you doing? Um, so you're asking if something's not included in the bankruptcy and maybe there's still problems with that account? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm saying, like, it was supposed to be included, but you pulled that credit report and it's not included, or it looks like you still owe, or maybe they sold it to another collection agency during the process. Yeah, we've met with, uh, you know, over 30,000 families through our bankruptcy uh, education mm-hmm. program, and we've offered every single one of them the opportunity to come in and, and meet with us to review the credit reports. We've okay. also offered an incentive to them. If their credit reports are accurate, we'll give them $100 cash. And oh, wow. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Not one person out of 30,000 has come in to claim that $100 bill because post-bankruptcy, your credit will not be accurate. 
It's really mm-hmm. the consumer's responsibility to go out and work on those things. And it is phone calls and disputes and letters to the credit bureau. And it takes a little bit of time, but it's well worth the effort. So bankruptcy is not easy. That's right. <laughs> it sounds like a quite a bit of work, actually. Uh, do you have any stories of people that bankruptcy you felt like was the right choice for them and they have recovered? Or And obviously you don't protect confidentiality, but do you have any um, stories like that? Well, you know, after seeing so many thousand families, you have stories that are just almost unbearable sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Bankruptcy becomes a really critical tool when you're in a situation um, in a family. Maybe you've been through a divorce, you've lost a job, maybe even at the same time you've had medical illnesses. And uh, when you go from fifty or $60,000 of income to zero, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like hitting a brick wall on a car. You're going to going to have some abrupt changes. So a lot of the times the, the ones that we see where bankruptcy is a real viable tool is mm-hmm. if they're about to lose their home, but they have the means to keep it. Okay. Or maybe they've created a significant amount of medical debt, and uh, with a fresh start, they're actually viable cash flow positive after mm-hmm. the bankruptcy. Okay. So about how many people actually end up filing for bankruptcy each year? Yeah, you know, the numbers nationally are, are a little hard to bear. We have 1.5 million people last year, uh, and I think the average has been about 1.6 million people nationally. In Colorado, we see from 28 to 35,000 filings each year. I think this mm-hmm. year we might approach that 35,000 mark. Um, you know, the flip side of that is with 5 million people in Colorado, we uh, that means, you know, 400, 4 million, you know, 800,000 people did mm-hmm. not look to bankruptcy, you know, over the age 18. You have to qualify right. that. But it's still, an, it, it, in this economy, we're seeing a lot of people turning to bankruptcy for, res, uh, you know, resolve from their house, mm-hmm. uh, and, and in particular, unemployment. Yeah, I can imagine that it's not the easy choice, but sometimes it might be the only, well, the last choice, as you put it. I like that, the last choice. So what, again, are the signs that you're having these financial hardships and what steps can be taken if I want to avoid bankruptcy now? What steps can I take to try to get this under control? I think the number one thing you've got to do, which people hate, is communicate with your creditors. If you you have a loan with your local credit union or bank on a car or house or personal loan, call them up and talk to them. You will be surprised at what they can do for you these days to help you stay current, uh, and maybe even modify the terms of that. Mm -hmm. Give you a couple months off while you're trying to get on your feet, that sort of thing. Even car car loans, they'll do an extension and put a payment on the end. They can give Mm -hmm. you a two-month deferment. Uh, There are a lot of wonderful options in this economy, unfortunately, that that will give people the ability to get on their feet. But at the same time, you need a good plan inside your budget uh, to be able to attack the the, the actual core issue, whatever that might Mm -hmm. be. Whether it's unemployment or it's, well, you talked about divorce, medical issues, a lot of those things need, if you can't solve that base problem, skipping a payment is not going to solve it. That's right. And, you know, sometimes these days it's just underemployment. Uh, You've Mm -hmm. gone back to work, but it's not as much as you used to make. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to prioritize who to pay and who not to pay. Uh, And a lot of times that can get very confusing uh, for a family. And once you stop putting food on the table and your your priorities get out of whack, so Mm -hmm. that's another good time to talk to a credit counselor, even if you meet with them for free and just say, 
tell me what my options are here. How should I prioritize mm-hmm. this? Because I'm, it's very confusing, uh, very stressful, and I think the anxiety levels go up for families who are having to deal with this, who have been morally obligated to paying their bills over time. Right. A lot of us really, and a lot of the members I work with, they do want to pay their bills. That They don't want to be that person that's had to admit defeat in some ways. They want to be able to be successful. And I know that our collections people that work internally in the credit union, a lot of people don't like collections people, but they're probably some of the nicer people because <laughs> they've seen it all. They've seen every human problem, and they can emphasize and they can look for solutions if it's a possibility. So, And I think if you're upfront and honest with those uh, collection groups and or uh, creditors, they're going to work with you. I mean, mm-hmm. they would prefer you to pay something rather than go bankrupt. Right. And the bankruptcy laws, the, the idea when they changed was to really curb the number of people filing who didn't need to file for bankruptcy. Uh, unfortunately, nobody could foresee the economy we're in now. So. Right. No one could see the whole housing bubble. Right. Collapse. I know that we deal with that underwater home ourselves in my own family, and it's you can be as responsible as you want sometimes when you can't prevent some of that stuff. Yeah, and I want to stress on that point. Just because you're looking at losing your house, it is mm-hmm. not a reason to run and file bankruptcy. It might be a reason to think about bankruptcy, but it's not the reason to, to, to run to the bankruptcy court and, and throw in your hat. Right, it might be a reason to speak with a credit counselor. But not necessarily a reason to go to bankruptcy because, like we said, it does hurt your credit. You do have to look at working around that, and it's a lot of work. About how much does it cost to, in the end, go through bankruptcy? I know that it's probably part of the plan, but uh, so it's not straight out of pocket, but about how much would it eventually cost? Yeah, you know, the cost varies, so I want to be careful throwing numbers out mm-hmm. there. There are, there are some ways to file bankruptcy on your own for free. Uh, the only warning I would give that I don't think there was one Chapter 13 approved last year by a pro se or self-filer. So if you're going to spend money on a bankruptcy attorney or any attorney, um, sometimes bankruptcy is a really good time to spend that money on good, getting good legal advice. Uh, mm-hmm. Other times I would say push through and do it on your own. But with a bankruptcy, some legal advice is very valuable. Those fees range on a Chapter 7 from $900 to file a bankruptcy plus court cost of about 300 all the way up to $2,500 depending on the complexity of your case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chapter 13s, because they're much more complicated and a longer-term relationship with the court and that attorney, you know, they can run anywhere from 2000 to 3000 and in a very complicated case, four, five, six thousand $6,000 sometimes. So if you can find an alternative to bankruptcy, it might be a lot easier on the budget. Absolutely, and sometimes if you're going to spend two or three thousand dollars in legal fees, maybe that's just enough to put out the right fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you focus it and and have a good plan. Definitely. So, just we're kind of wrapping up to the end of the show, and you've provided a lot of valuable information for people, and you've talked a lot about making sure to use those nonprofit credit counseling agencies, and I know you're not the only one in the area, but can you share your information if people would like that? Sure. There's several places you can get in touch with us. One of the easiest places is through our website, which is community-credit.org, and that's a hyphen, so community-credit.org. And then from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, we're happy for people to call and get some free information over the phone. That's 303 233 2773. 
And we're kind of unique that we service only the state of Colorado. So if you have a Colorado address, we'd be happy to help you. Or we say a Colorado zip code. And we mm-hmm. do service the whole state, Western Slope, Pueblo, Sterling. Everything. Are there anything... Are there any information that you feel like people should leave this show with that you haven't had a chance to talk about? Yeah, you know, I think my one piece of advice is that if you're feeling this uh, anxiety and stress from financial hardship, understand you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And understand that there are lots of resources and alternatives out there that you've never thought of. Um, Mm -hmm. Until you have explored those and become educated, it doesn't take long, two or three days, two or three weeks, Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you should take those steps first uh, before you make any rash decisions that might not be in your best interest. Okay. That sounds like great advice. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine with something as difficult as uh, bankruptcy, reaching out to experts, not just family and friends, but actual experts can be pretty valuable. Well, I want to thank you, Chad, for spending this time with us and being willing to share your expertise in what I think is really a difficult topic for a lot of people and that this might be a great way for them to get that first um, piece of information in a really sheltered environment. Uh, The online radio is kind of cool for that. So thank you for your time, and uh, thank you for doing this. Absolutely. Always happy to help. (laughs) Thanks, Chad. All right. Thanks, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us at our Clear Money program for our online radio uh, through Denver Community Credit Union. We're happy to reach out to our members and to our community with the information uh, necessary to help them live a financially stable life. We realize that bankruptcy is a reality for some people and want to help them make the right decisions. And feel free to call us if you have loans with us and you're struggling and speak with someone in our collections office because we're always happy to help. We want uh, our members to be financially healthy. If you have any questions for me, you can call me at 303-573-1170. And my name is Helen. Goodbye.